to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Mind Your Hormones. I'm very excited for you to dive into today's episode because today you're listening to a conversation I had with Nina Boyce, who is a fertility awareness educator, and you are going to absolutely love this conversation because as you know, if you've been here for a while, we talk all about the importance of your fertility markers and really tracking your cycle using your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus to know when you're fertile or when you're not fertile, right? Instead of relying on birth control, because I know that a lot of you are wanting to stop birth control um, and just want to do things more naturally, which of course I recommend, but supporting your body first, as you already know. So I wanted to bring somebody on who is really a specialist in this topic to talk to us about the fertility awareness method and how you can really start implementing it in your life, even if you are on hormonal birth control, because it is really cool to learn this information before you do stop. And what we talk about is how you can support yourself, whether you want to use the fertility awareness method for birth control purposes, a natural birth control option, or if you want to increase your chances of conceiving. And Nina also talks about how your patterns will shift in postpartum and how you could support yourself with tracking your fertile window when you're breastfeeding and when things are kind of all over the place after you have a baby. So we really get into that. And I'm really, really excited for you to hear today's episode. So what I would love to let you know is if you are completely new to this, like you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say basal body temperature or cervical mucus, I'm going to link a couple episodes below that I previously did about tracking your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature, the basics of it. So if you haven't listened to those, I want you to pause this episode, go listen to those, and then come back to this one because I talk a lot about that on this podcast. I kind of wanted to get into more specifics with Nina while we had her on the show so that those of you who are already tracking or you are familiar with your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature, not even so much super familiar with it, but you know the basics of tracking and you're kind of just starting to get into it. We talk a little bit more about that. So go ahead and listen to episode 123 and I'll, I'll, pu- I'll put them in the show notes so you can get those basics down before you listen to this episode so you can um, be more familiar with what we are talking about. So I'm super excited for you to dive into this. Again, Nina is a certified fertility awareness educator and her programs, she really helps clients transition off birth control, support their natural hormones and optimize fertility by using this 99.9% effective birth control and conception option, which is amazing. We are very similar She takes a holistic approach and she focuses on nutrition and mineral testing and cycle charting and lifestyle modifications and all the things we talk a lot about. So I know you're going to vibe with this episode. All of the links that we talk about in this episode will be in the show notes as well. So I'm super excited for you to dive in. Let's hop to it. 
Nina, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You are such an amazing person. I'm so glad to have been connected with you and just have such a good vibe with you. And I know you're going to bring such amazing information to my community. So I can't wait to dive into it. Before we do, can you just introduce yourself of who you are, what you do, how you got into this space? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here and to connect with you again. Um, I'm Nina. I'm a certified fertility awareness educator and a hormone health coach. And I support women in this space to teach them how their body works, how to use fertility awareness method to meet their fertility goals. So whether that is birth control, conception, or for using the method postpartum. Mm. that's what I do. And that's what I teach. And I of course got into this space just through my own work, my own story. Um, I was a teacher for seven years, taught middle school choir. I know we both like bonded over being music teachers, (laughs) which is awesome. Or not music teachers, but teachers in general. Um, So when I was teaching, I think I just was a ball of stress, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I was overworking my body. I was on birth control for a long time um, while I was teaching. And I was really running on iced coffees and granola bars. And my body just one day was like, you can't do this anymore. (laughs) So. I was really starting to begin to struggle with anxiety and I ended up trying to get off birth control, had really irregular periods, very painful periods, just a ton Mm. of stuff going on. And of course, you know, my doctors were like, let's just put you on anxiety meds or why don't you try a different form of birth control? And when that wasn't sitting well with me, I decided to, you know, go do my own research and figure out what was going on. And I started reading books and talking to my friends all about it. And I started a podcast, decided to do my health coaching certificate. And slowly, all of these things started to come together. And I started to feel better simply by changing my nutrition and my lifestyle a little bit, worked on stress reduction, all of these things. Yeah. Um, So I began coaching women, focused on hormone health, was really zoned in on that. And then I realized I was very interested in this whole fertility awareness method piece because so many women, they're transitioning off of birth control, but they still don't want to get pregnant. So then there's this like big fear around how does my body work? When do I ovulate? And also, you know, I, nothing I learned about in any of my, my previous like health certification really dove into like the hormones for each phase of the cycle and how we can get so much information just from simply tracking our cycle on our health. So I was like, let's do this, getting fertility awareness certified. And now since then, I've really combined all of it into the work that I do. Um, And a a big focus of it is tracking for health and for fertility purposes. Again, birth control or conception. Yes. Oh my God. I love this. I love all of this. I love that you were a teacher. I love that you got into this because you had your own struggles. Like our paths are so intertwined. It's so cool. Um, So a lot of women that come to me or that I work with, or that I just talk to through this podcast community are in either of those situations you're just talking about. So I want to touch on the first one where the woman is on hormonal birth control because same why you maybe went on it because her periods were painful or irregular or she had PCOS or whatever reason. And the doctor just prescribed birth control. And now she's like, but you know, I really want to get off, but I'm scared because I don't want to get pregnant. Right. And we have been taught that you can get pregnant whenever, right? Anytime this cycle, you could just get pregnant, but obviously you and I both know that's not true. Mm -hmm. So how do you normally guide that person? Because it is a very real fear when you don't actually understand the cycle. So what would you say to that woman who is thinking right now that she's like, she knows birth control really isn't in alignment for her anymore, but she has that fear. 
Mm. Well, I think it's really about education because let's be real. We did not get a good sex education growing up. We got zero. Yeah. I don't know about your guys' school. Mine was like abstinence only. So (laughs) there wasn't a good education around it. And really the education, if we got one, was around fear. It's like, you know, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And wait till marriage, like all of this. So I feel like even though many of us kind of now realize, okay, I know I ovulate once per cycle. I know maybe I've heard of this thing called the fertile window and that maybe (laughs) I can get pregnant only during that time, but it just feels very unreal. And so it feels like unreliable. Even yes. though it's very reliable. <laughs> exactly. It's 99.6% reliable oh, when, when used correctly, mm. which is the same as birth control, okay? Like 99% accuracy. So the reason that I, I say that is because many of the women that have joined my program, it's like, this is what I hear all the time. I can't believe I never knew this. And so mm-hmm. once you start learning and you start charting, you can then also see on paper, I think what feels ambiguous. It's like, oh my gosh, I see what my cervical mucus is doing. I yes. And then we can get into that if you want later. But like, yeah. I see that my temp is shifting. Mm-hmm. I see that my energy correlates to these different phases of the cycle. And then it all comes together. And the more you chart, the more comfortable you get. And it just exactly. all makes sense. It all clicks. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it, it, it's like concrete when you see it, you're like, oh, okay, this is when I'm fertile. This is when I'm not fertile. Like it's, it's something that is reliable, the more you know, used to it, you get just like anything else. So, um, all right. So for somebody who's like, maybe doesn't, I mean, we talk, I talk about it for sure a lot on the podcast too, but how, what is the fertility awareness method, right? Like, let's just kind of start there before we get into the specifics of it and what actually is it. And like you said, the accuracy of it, like, what does it entail? So the fertility awareness method is a method and there are kind of multiple different ones. You know, you use Mm -hmm. different biomarkers. The ones that I use specifically are the basal body temp, um, mm-hmm. So it's called the symptothermal method. Cervical mucus, LH testing or luteinizing hormone testing. Mm-hmm. You use specific biomarkers and you track them every day to determine what day you're fertile, what, what day you are fertile and what day you're infertile. Yeah. And that's really the basis of it. You use your body's cues to determine when you're fertile or not. Yes. Amazing. Okay. So yeah, we definitely talk a lot about the cervical mucus and the basal body temperature, but I still feel like it is something that you have to do for a good amount of time to kind of get used to it because, Mm -hmm. you know, there'll be fluctuations in temperature. What do the fluctuations mean? So does that come up with your clients of like, if your temperature is fluctuating, if they're not getting up at the same time every day, like that's something that comes up a lot. So how would you recommend? So if somebody is listening and they don't know what we're talking about yet, you can go back in the podcast. I did an episode, um, episode 123 of how to track your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature. And obviously we're going to link to all of Nina's resources. But um, most of the people listening probably have heard that episode before. So I want to kind of get a little deeper into it with you because you're so knowledgeable on this of talking about the um, like fluctuations that can happen and how you guide your clients through that. Yeah. Well, first thing to note is when you were on birth control, right, your cervix was shut down. Like your brain and your ovaries, again, your audience I'm sure knows this, right? But it wasn't- It's always good to hear it again. (laughs) We need to hear it again. Um, It was all shut down while you were on birth control. And Mm -hmm. that was also, because it was suppressing your estrogen, that was also cutting off that communication with your cervix because Mm -hmm. estrogen drives cervical mucus. And so it takes time when you get off of birth control to start to see consistent CM patterns. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing. Like once you start charting, you got to give yourself at least three cycles. That's kind of minimum to begin to see a typical pattern. Three to six 
cycles is not uncommon and even up to a year post yeah. post pill to start to see consistency in your CM patterns. When it comes to basal body temp, really what you're looking for is like those two, it's called a biphasic pattern. So when you're mm-hmm. tracking your temps, you're looking for low temps during your first half of your cycle, follicular, ovulatory, high temps in your luteal. And that is, as far as like, if you are ovulating regularly, you're pretty much going to see that biphasic pattern. You're going to see the low temps first half. You're going to see the high temps second half. But mm-hmm. as far as like the stabilization of temps, so mm-hmm. are they hitting markers that you like to see? Like, are your follicular phase temps around 97.4? Are your mm-hmm. luteal phase temps above 98? You know, those things can take time because that's also a representation of how your thyroid's working, how yes. hormones are balanced, you know, how stressed your body is. So looking at those those biomarkers from a health standpoint and a hormone balance standpoint, you got to give yourself time. From a birth control standpoint, you know, there's different um, workarounds and different rules that I, I tell clients based on their own fertility goals. Yeah. I love because, and I love that because it's when you're saying like three to six months, right. Of, of tracking this, some people might listen to that and be like, Oh, that's so long. Like, you know, I, I don't know. But if you think about it, how long has your body been suppressed if you were on birth control? Like we right. need, things need time to actually balance out when you're doing things naturally. We're in this instant gratification society where everything is just yeah. rapid, you know, result, quote unquote results with a pill or whatever. But when you're doing things naturally, it does take more time. So we have to take that into consideration and just sure. yourself getting used to it and getting into the habit of actually taking your temperature every morning and just like remembering to do it and tracking your cervical mucus and doing all these things. So, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. So when you are, you know, recommending for your clients to track their cervical mucus, um, how do you recommend they chart or charting everything? Do you recommend specific apps? Do you have them write it down yeah. in a notebook? What do you recommend? I totally recommend uh, the Read Your Body app. It's the only app that I recommend. And it's because it's so incredibly customizable. Um, and you do have to understand fertility awareness method to use it. I will say that because it's not predicting anything for you. It's literally mm-hmm. just a chart and you put in the data, but it's incredible. Um, so you can chart other things too. Like you can add lines to chart how your exercise is, how your mood is, how your nutrition is, add a line for luteinizing hormone testing, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So that's the app I recommend hands down. I have my own, you know, personal paper chart in case people like that. You know, some people like the physical aspect of charting, Yeah, but I want it to be something where they can see all of it together. So it has a Mm -hmm. space for them to do BBT, basal body temps at the top. It has a space for them to color in and mark their CM and then a space for notes at the bottom. Amazing. And so for, um, for the app that you use, are you able to connect like your BBT like right to it? So when you take it, it just automatically inputs it in there. So, or you have to manually do it. it. Okay. Uh, it depends because if you're using temp drop, they do have a way to sync it, which is okay. really cool. Um, and that is an app or that is a thermometer that I highly recommend. Uh, I partner with them. So okay, if you ever great. need a discount, let me know. They are the, I, they are phenomenal. Okay. what's your discount code for temp drop? Nina 12, Nina 12%, 12 off. Okay. Amazing. It's, I will put that awesome. in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but that is a great way to like for people that are like, Oh my God, I am so stressed about tracking my temps and waking up at the same time with this whole, like, I can't pee before I take my temps. I can't wake up within three yes. hours. But, you know, it gets very like, Oh my God, stressful. Yes. But when you're using temp drop, you wear, it's an overnight thermometer. So you wear it over your arm, you oh. go to bed. It takes the most accurate temp 
overnight using its algorithm. And the algorithm isn't predicting if you're fertile or not fertile. That's why I don't recommend like that portion of it, right? Mm -hmm. Of the app. I recommend just using it for the true temperature and then transferring that sinking it to temp or to read your body. But okay, if amazing. you are using an oral thermometer, mm-hmm. there's just, you open up your app and the day, the day that you're charting your data, you just type in what your temp was. That's it. Okay. Okay. So super, super easy. So temp drop. Okay. This is great because this is what I was kind of referring to before where a lot of my clients, either they're new moms. So obviously they're you know going to not have a consistent sleep schedule to track yeah. their body temperatures or they're a shift worker or their kid randomly wakes up in the middle of the night or their partner wakes up before them. And then they don't have those three hours before. So it shifts their temperature a little bit. So temp drop, you just put it on your arm and, at night and wear it and yeah. it's like good to go. Yeah. And I am a year out postpartum. So I understand how that mm. goes too, because that's a whole nother ball game. But mm-hmm. temp drop is hands down the best one to use. If you have any sleep inconsistencies, if you work nights, you know, anything like that, it is the way to go. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. So I let's talk about postpartum health because this is something you have personal experience with and I do not. And I know some of the listeners are interested in this topic. So how, you know, you could talk about that, that journey in general of what, you know, kind of shifted in your hormones from prepartum to postpartum, mm-hmm. and then what the tracking looked like, or if, you know, because if you were breastfeeding or not breastfeeding and how that affects your cycle and all of that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a total ball game, a totally different ball game. So when, when you're postpartum, there's so many factors that play into it. So first of all, if you are breastfeeding, uh, prolactin levels are obviously very high. It's what helps us breastfeed and produces milk. So prolactin levels suppress progesterone and estrogen. And therefore that's why people that are definitely exclusively breastfeeding, they won't get a period. Many of them don't get periods for like six, nine, 12 months. Yeah. Because they're exclusively breastfeeding. I had a breast reduction many years ago. So I actually struggled with production. And so I only breastfed partially mm-hmm. for six weeks. And my cycle came back at eight weeks because prolactin levels dropped. My my natural hormones came back up and I got a cycle. Amazing. The main thing to think about though is remember that estrogen stimulates cervical mucus. So when you are trying to figure out um, am I fertile? You're going to be seeing really weird CM patterns because your hormones are all over the place postpartum. Yeah. So that's why it's actually, um, and I'm not just saying this because I teach it, but I think if you are postpartum and you're going to use fertility awareness method for birth control, you really should work with an instructor because yes. it is hard to build a pattern. And because, you know, many times you haven't ovulated yet. So mm-hmm. you can't start, you know, looking for your next ovulation pattern. You haven't gotten a period yet. And the myth that you can't get pregnant before that first period is false, okay? Ooh. Because you do ovulate before that first period comes. So there mm-hmm. is, that's where people get those like Irish twins, right? Yes. Because like, I didn't even get my period and I got pregnant again because they got pregnant that first ovulation before they, they didn't know it. it. Right. They didn't know it. So yeah, so you're looking out for, it's a, it's a lot, but you're looking out for different cervical mucus patterns, postpartum. Um, temps are all over the place. Mm. postpartum as well. So you're kind of looking for different things with that, but temp drop is the way to go no matter what, if you're postpartum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So for cervical mucus patterns, let's dive into that a little bit. And like the importance, first of all, of cervical mucus for fertility, and then what a typical pattern will look like, you know, before getting pregnant for cervical mucus and maybe after, I mean, I know it could vary, but just ideally what, what those patterns could look like and the importance of cervical mucus. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like your superpower. That's what I tell everybody. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. And I always say, if you don't have cervical mucus clarity, you do not have birth control clarity because Mm. that is truly what determines if you're fertile or if you're not. Uh, So I guess like a very textbook typical pattern would be like, we'll start at the beginning. So you get your period, hormone levels are low. Mm -hmm. And then you'll notice a lot of people notice a period of dry days after they get they finish their period, right? So they have a set of dry days. Hormone levels are still very low. And then you begin to notice what I label as non-peak. And a, a lot of people see that as more of that creamy, lotiony. It's a little bit thicker. It stretches a tiny bit, but not a ton. And that's when we have seen a shift from dry to fertile quality mucus. And that's when your fertile window opens up. Um, if you have a Uh, if you have a fairly balanced hormone cycle, then it's like you're in your fertile window. It's usually four to five days. You'll then start to see a progression from this low medium level estrogen, which is that non-peak I described to a higher level estrogen CM, which is long stringy. We call it peak CM, more watery. A lot of people say it looks like egg whites. It stretches a lot before it breaks. Mm -hmm. And that's typically when you're right around ovulation. Um, And you might get an LH surge at that time if you're also tracking for LH. And so that is like the quintessential four to six day, five to seven day fertile window. After you've ovulated, you'll notice that your cervix dries back up. And that's because now you're producing progesterone. Progesterone is heat producing. It dries up your CM. It actually creates like a thick, dense CM at the cervix. So sperm can't even get through anymore. So yeah. yeah. Like literally impossible. Like after ovulation, like you actually can't get pregnant, which we need to just like drill into people's heads after you confirm it, of course. Right, right, right. Yep. You cannot get pregnant. You're not going to ovulate again. And you also have this barrier that, you know, even if you did, you wouldn't, but even mm-hmm. if sperm did get through that barrier, there's no egg to fertilize. So yes, exactly. you're, you're good. Um, but yeah, so that's like a typical pattern for anyone that's cycling. And yeah. then postpartum. Wait, sorry, wait, to cut you off before we get to yeah. postpartum. So some people will come to me and will say that they experience cervical mucus in their luteal phase. So yeah. what do you have to say for that? If someone came to you with that? Yeah. So that's obviously just your cervix being stimulated by estrogen. Most of the time, it's not that peak. I would say a lot of times it's the non-peak looking. and Like the creamy, lotion Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's somewhat normal. Like you do have an estrogen peak at the second half of your cycle. Estrogen doesn't go away. It just right. dips and progesterone, mm-hmm. you know, takes over. Uh, if you have a lot of that in your luteal phase in tandem with estrogen dominance symptoms, then that's definitely something to look into for hormone balance purposes. And what are some of those symptoms they could look out for? Yeah. I mean, it could be headaches. It could be acne. It could be bloating. It could be Mm -hmm. breast tenderness. PMS in general. Typical PMS. Yeah. Any of the typical PMS symptoms. Okay. Awesome. I just wanted to touch on that because I get that a lot. So, okay. So then postpartum. I hope that you're loving this episode with Mina and this conversation that we should have freaking had when we were in school and we should have learned about all this stuff then, but it's okay. Here we are now learning about it now, better late than never. But what I wanted to pop in here really quick and talk to you about was that I have a totally free Facebook community called the Mind Your Hormones Podcast Listener Community designed for me to be able to connect with you more and for you to be able to connect with all the other women in this community because there are so 
many freaking incredible women in this community. There are moms and there are people who are trying to get off birth control and people who are struggling with fertility and people who just want to learn how to actually support their hormones and their cycle and want to connect with other like-minded women. And I wanted to create a space that not only you and I could connect more because I'm so excited about that aspect of it, but for you to also connect with other people who are interested in the same things that you're interested in. Because I know that sometimes in your actual physical environment, you might not have people that are just as interested in this topic as you are. So it's really nice to have that community around it. So I also do free masterclasses in there every single month. I do a training in there. I'll do some Q and A's sometimes. We do really fun giveaways. We have connection threads in there. So you can see who lives near you, who is also a mom, who else might be struggling with thyroid issues, who else might be wanting to go off hormonal birth control, like all these things, who is trying to get pregnant, who's maybe pregnant or postpartum, like all these different ways you could connect with like-minded women is in there as well. And what's really cool about it is this is the first place that I'm going to come to when we put out products and when we have live events and when we do all these things, I'm going to come to you for input and to have you be the first to be able to have access to everything. You're always the first to know when my courses open up, which if you're listening to this in real time, my signature course, the Mind Your Hormones Method, which is for people who you know want to regulate their period, get off birth control, boost fertility, like really learn how to have a hormone healthy lifestyle is currently open if you're listening to this in real time. So just shoot me a message on Instagram at Corinne Angelica if you want more information on that. But the point of this is if you want to connect more with me and have more access to this information and to other women, then this Mind Your Hormones podcast listener community is for you. It is completely free. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can join it. I am so obsessed with building this community more and serving you more and connecting with you more because I just know how powerful it is when we all come together. So I'm super excited to see you there. I will put the link in the show notes. And now let's get back to today's episode with Nina. Postpartum, it's honestly, you're going to see a lot of unchanging mucus and it's going to be very non-peak and quality. Also, it's going to have some more of that dry quality or low estrogen quality. So, you know, I like crumbly, streaky, Mm. not stretchy. Mm. And you're going to see a lot of it over and over again, or maybe you're not going to see any at all. Mm. And that is just, it really depends again on your hormone journey, your sleep journey, your your breastfeeding journey. And you look for different changing patterns postpartum, which you do have to kind of accumulate your data for that. And that's why it's to work with an instructor because everyone's body is so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's just kind of, so you won't really see that egg white consistency, stretchy kind you of. Might. You might, but it could, a lot of times because they're fluctu- your hormones are fluctuating, it's like you might see that, but you don't actually ovulate. And then it goes back to a set of like non-peak, non-peak or dry, dry, dry. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking for a big drastic change from the typical thing that you've been seeing over and over again, if that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you recommend them tracking their BBT postpartum as well, right? I do because there's some research that tells us that temps begin to like quote unquote stabilize before Mm -hmm. ovulation. So they're kind of like up, down, up, down all over the place. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, they're kind of in this little like, 0.5 range of temps. And that can be a clue that your ovulation is coming. That's great. Okay. Amazing. That was so helpful. And, you know, estrogen, a lot of times will get such a bad rap because of the estrogen excess symptoms that we talk about. And that's like a very common imbalance. 
But like you were talking about, you know, we need estrogen because without it, you won't be able to produce that cervical mucus. So someone might be listening who maybe has low estrogen qualities and they don't have that cervical mucus present. So it is really important. Have you come across that? Do you have, I mean, I feel like a majority of people will have the opposite, but do you ever have clients who they maybe have low cervical mucus production? Oh yeah. It's very common off the pill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very common because your hormones are still building back up. So if you are seeing a lack of CM, it's very likely that you are either malnutritioned, so you're not Mm -hmm. eating enough, maybe you're working out too much, body's really stressed, you've been on the pill for a while. That's very common. If you are seeing a ton of it all the time, there's two, you know, two things. You could have PCOS, right? So that's a very mm-hmm. common, like PCOS, we have very long cycles and you also see a ton of CM. So it feels very confusing because your body's constantly trying to ovulate and not yep. making it. Or it could just be that there's some hormone stuff going on. Yeah. So what would you recommend for somebody who has the low cervical mucus production? I definitely would focus on nutrition, like nutrition, Mm -hmm. nutrition, nutrition. Are you getting protein, fat, and carb at every meal? Mm -hmm. Are you eating regularly? Are you balancing your blood sugar? You know, are we working on all of the basics and foundations like gut health, all the stuff that you work on with clients, right? It's like all of those basic liver health, those foundations. But at the easiest, I mean, the easiest, simplest thing you can do is eat enough, eat a quality, uh, lots of quality animal proteins, lots of don't, restrict carbs. Like that's another big thing I see. Um, yes. and really try to reduce stress in your body and hydrate, mm. hydrate, hydrate, you know, yes. cervical mucus is what? Like 90, I don't know the percentage, 90, 90 something percent water. <laughs> so we need yeah. water. Yeah. And this is why like a lot of the common, you know, diets that we'll hear of like, you know, cutting carbs, intermittent fasting, cutting a meal out, all these things are so detrimental to your hormones. Mm. And this is why so many women are struggling because we've been told to just like starve ourselves pretty much. Like, oh, you want to lose weight? Just like stop eating. It's like, well, that's impacting our hormones. Right. 100%. I mean, even with intermittent fasting, you are causing a stressor on your body for not eating for a period of time. And, you know, you might lose weight by restricting calories and over-exercising, but are you losing from a healthy place? I would say you're losing from a restrictive place. Like, yes. yeah, there is a science behind calories in, calories out and over-exercising, but that's not a healthy place for your hormones. Because if you keep doing that, what many women notice is their periods start to lengthen. They start to have longer mm-hmm. cycles. They stop feeling and they're tired. They're fatigued. They have thyroid issues. I mean, so many things start to develop like that for so long. Yeah. And eventually, because now your hormones are out of whack, you're going to be able to not maintain a healthy weight now. Like the second you start eating anything, mm-hmm. it's going to make everything a mess. So then everyone's like, whatever I eat, I gain weight or I have to just yep. go down to like a thousand calories. I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is what happens. Yes. And your hunger and fullness cues are off. So you don't even know when you feel hungry or full. I mean, it's dieting and yo-yo dieting creates a big mess. Big, big Yeah. Mess. Yeah. The intermittent fasting thing is really huge because it's what we see all over the place. Right. And especially with people who have PCOS, you know, we naturally will have higher cortisol, like resting cortisol levels. And like you said, intermittent fasting is another stress on the body. So if you're Mm -hmm. consistently doing that, you're constantly stressing your body out. And that is honestly one of like, I'm sure you agree that stress is one of the biggest things that are going to hinder your hormone health. And this is something that is people will change what they eat. They'll do supplements, but like changing some of the things they're doing and managing their stress seems to be the hardest thing to actually shift Mm -hmm. um, because it's so rampant, but it is one of the best things you can actually do to support your hormones in general. Oh my gosh. I think that 
stress reduction and in our emotional health makes more of an impact sometimes than the yes. food we put in our body. 100%. And we can really cling to food and supplements. It's so tangible, but mm-hmm. with stress and emotions and energy, we're like, oh, I can't see or feel that. So I don't know if it's doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing something. It is doing something. And I would also argue that you can feel when you're less stressed. So, oh my God. Especially when you like, you've been on both sides of it, right? Like, you know, the difference, like sometimes we're in this overly stressed state for so long that it just becomes their like normal. But then once you start shifting out of it, you look back, you're like, wow, that was like, definitely not Especially being a teacher. A lot, a lot of people now, maybe they're educators in the COVID life or they're nurses and like all this stuff, just all of us have been under such an immense amount of stress the last two years that of course is going to have an effect on your hormones and your, your fertility and all that stuff. So 100%. Um, okay. So your uh, fertility awareness method. So let's just talk about really quick, how someone, how do you just have them get started? Like what's like the first step for someone, if they want to start doing this, maybe they are on birth control right now, they're going to soon stop. Maybe they recently stopped. Um, obviously, of course, we always recommend working with somebody and we're going to talk about the ways that they can work with you. But in general, what's something that someone could just start with just to kind of get used to looking at this, you know, fertile window and understanding how their hormones are shifting and how they could see it, like with these biomarkers you're talking about? Yeah. I think you can definitely practice, so to speak, when you're on birth control, know that you're not going to see the switches and cervical mucus or anything like that, but you can get into the habit, right? So it's like, I can start practicing tracking my basal body temperature, even though you're not going to see the accurate data. Okay. You can Mm. still practice the routine of it. You can still practice. Like when I teach tracking your cervical mucus, it's like, are you, what do you feel when you're wiping? What do you see when you look down at the toilet paper? What can, what does it feel like? And those are things you can just practice. Like every time I go to the bathroom, I'm just going to notice the sensation when I wipe. Mm -hmm. Notice I'm going to get, I'm going to practice looking down at my toilet paper. I'm going to practice looking at my underwear, things like that. And then walking sensation. That's another big one. Like what's it feel like when you're walking? Does it feel lubricative Mm. or dry? And when do you recommend people track, like uh, note their cervical mucus patterns? Like, do you note it every time you go to the bathroom? Just note in the beginning of the day, the end of the day? Like, how do you have them like write that information down? So you're going to want to pick your most estrogenic sign from the day. So it, mm-hmm. I would like definitely mark down what you see when you see it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if you have your app, like mark it in your phone so you don't forget. But then if you see, like, say you saw non-peak earlier, but you saw peak later, your sign for that day is going to be peak right? You're always going to put your most estrogenic sign. Um, But we'll do what's best for you. You don't want to forget. It's not about, we're not trying to remember like days later what we saw. I had that that day. You got to mark it that day somehow. So you, so you have accurate data. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of us are like, oh, remember to do that. And then we never do that thing. So like really writing it down. A lot of people bring their phone to the bathroom anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm just like wipe before you pee because you're wiping anyway. So it's like habit stacking, like wipe before you pee, like what's going on and then write that shit in your phone because you know it's next to you anyway. (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the first thing. It's just like you can start to build the habit. And then, you know, there are books out there. But the one thing I want to say, like there's taking charge of your fertility. There's Mm -hmm. the fifth vital sign. There's those books. But... I want to just make it clear that they can be very overwhelming. And I also think sometimes they actually confuse um, more. Mm-hmm. Like there's another book called The Sensi Plan. I actually kind of recommend that one more now because okay. I think it has more of a specific, um, uh, easier and simpler way for tracking. And they have chart examples and everything. Because sometimes books, they add they too much, too much information. And then you're yeah. like, sticky, dread, why? Ugh. It's like all this stuff. Um, yeah. But it's it- a great way to get your foot in the door. 
of mm-hmm. learning fertility awareness method for sure. Yeah. Taking charge of fertility is, is great. It's, it's huge though. So it's like almost yeah. more for people who are like in the health coaching space that could like, you know, kind of pass it along. If it's someone who doesn't really have a lot of information on it, of course it's amazing. Like you said, get all the information, but it right. is a lot to digest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's always why obviously working with someone is the fast track to it. So, um, okay. So you recommend, you said take, if you're on birth control, start getting the habit. Um, and then if you're off of it, just start doing your cervical mucus patterns, your basal body temperature. And yeah, I know you mentioned it. the LH strips. So, um, let's talk about that for a second. And also, can you touch on how it's really important to not only do LH strips because that is not, mm. you know, confirming ovulation? Because a lot of people who are trying to get pregnant, we're like, oh, right. I'm tasking it with OPKs, like I'm using LH strips, and that's yeah. all they're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So LH, you know, you're going to start tracking that when you enter your fertile window, and you're just going to wait till you get that positive. The thing is, like, if you're trying to conceive, sometimes you miss a bunch of fertile days if you're only waiting for that positive. The other thing is, if you're trying to avoid, just because you got the LHRs, and you know what's crazy? Before we hopped on this call, I had a a client session, and she had a positive LH surge, and she didn't ovulate. Like, for Mm -hmm. she had a very long cycle. I think she was on her 50 days. And Mm. she had that LH surge on day, like, 15. So if she would have just gone by that, you know, she actually hadn't ovulated yet. Um, Mm. So there's, there's reasons why like our body gears up and tries and doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. So you just have to all you, that's why you have to do all your, your clues. It's big cervical mucus and LH I feel like is a bonus. Yeah. Okay. And so you just, do you have a specific LH strip brand or any, anyone? I good? don't. Yeah. yeah. I kind of just recommend whatever one you want. I don't think you need anything fancy. Like those, there's like those expensive clear blue OPK tests that are like 30 bucks. Yeah. You just get a pack of like a bunch, like a hundred LH strips for like $10, you know? And And you recommend tracking that once you start seeing cervical mucus? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. This was so helpful for people who are trying to really start using their biomarkers and their natural body for birth control or for conception. Cause again, that's, what's so beautiful about the fertility awareness method. It's for both. It's for everybody who doesn't want to be on medication or who wants to really know when to actually prioritize having sex because there's people, you know, doctors that will say, just have sex every single day after you get your (laughs) period. I'm like, like, that's so ridiculous. Um, So, okay. How can people work with you? How can they find you? What offerings do you have? What's going on in your world? Yeah. So I have a free fam training. So for anyone that's just like wanting to absorb this more, they can download that. They can watch it at any time. Um, nourishwithnina.com slash fam training. Super easy. I will and put that in the show notes for everybody who's listening. Yeah. I mean, at the end of that training, I talk more about Luna, which is my sixth month fertility awareness method membership. So that's like a full course uh, and six months of, of coaching, virtual coaching and all of that. So that's like, if you're ready to jump in and you want to work with somebody, that is the program. Amazing. Other than that, you know, I have a podcast. You were on my yes. podcast. It'll yes. be coming out sometime soon. Um, and that's just general hormone fertility, you know, kind of very similar to what you do. We have a lot yeah. of common in that way. So yes. that might be another great one to add to your queue, healing hormones. Healing hormones. Okay. Amazing. So healing hormones will be in the show notes, nourishnina.com slash fam training. That's the free training you have. And then what's it called? Pure. You said is your course. Luna. Oh, Luna. I don't know why I thought pure. Okay. Luna. Yeah. Like moon. I love that. Like the moon, like the cycle. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Okay. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Um, definitely go check out her podcast. Like 
you know, the more that we hear this information, the easier it's going to be to understand your body and to just learn from multiple people who are doing it. Like maybe you need to hear it in a different way. And it's just, Mm. it's just really important to have all the resources that you possibly could, because I know the listener wants to do things as naturally as possible. And you are an amazing resource for that. So, um, I appreciate your time. Is there any other little thing that you want to leave the listener with before we go? No, I really think we hit it. And I'm just, I'm also so grateful for the work that you're doing. I think that there's so many people um, in this space with their own niche and, you know, you Mm -hmm. focus on helping balance the body off of birth control amongst so many other things. So sometimes it's just great to build your team. And I'm, I'm thankful that we collaborated and we're able to find each other. And um, yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast. I hope your listeners enjoy it. Yes, I know that they will. And what you could do for our um, guest, Nina, what the best thing you could do is share any takeaways that you have from this, share it on your stories, tag me, tag Nina. What is your Instagram handle? At nursed with Nina. Okay. I nourished with Nina. That will be in the show notes also. And let her know what you got out of this. It's really cool for the guests and me to see what you got out of this and how maybe you learned something new because we're sitting here talking, at least we're talking to each other, not by ourselves like we (laughs) usually are. Um, But it's really nice to see what you took away. So tag her on Instagram. All the information will be in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much, Nina, for being here. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.